Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So the last time I was here, as I mentioned, uh, talked about how important it is to um, feel a connection with others to help us hold our challenges, our grieving, and uh, just to reach out to a friend, to feel understood, to share our our shared um, pain of the world and joy of the world. Um, and I wanted to talk tonight more on uh, community, uh, more than just the one-on-one connection. I wanted to uh, first say how uh, when Linda was sharing about the the repairing repair cafe, is that what it's called? I don't know about you, you but I just got this feeling of excitement, uplift, the thought of people coming together and just helping each other for the fun of it. Didn't that sound good? What what was so good about it? I mean, that's what I wanted to explore. Uh, So I had no idea that you were going to announce that. But there's something about people coming together and having a shared experience uh, in mutual goodwill uh, that brings out the best in in us. And it's something that we so need. These days, probably any days, but particularly these days, because it's so easy to feel isolated and and disconnected. As I was saying a couple of weeks ago, the the disease of disconnection, and uh, was reading some, uh, where was it? I was listening to a podcast where it was mentioned that one one of the factors that happiness has gone down in this country um, since the since the 50s it kind of peaked I, I mentioned that study a couple of weeks ago that every year since uh, World War two ended they were taking um, they were measuring um, happiness general level of happiness in the uh, in America uh, and in throughout the world but uh, seeing how America compared with the rest of the world, the states compared with the rest of the world. And it, it peaked, 1956 was the peak. And it's been kind of going steadily declining since. And one of the things that was found was there started to be a movement towards suburbs for many people and away from a sense of community, away from neighborhoods, a sense of neighborhood. 
and that when that sense of neighborhood was diminished, that sense of connection and enjoying things together, including how close we are with our families as well as um, as our neighbors, um, uh, has declined. And uh, there's speculation that that's had some major impact on our feeling of well-being, general well-being. And these days, of course, more than ever, there's a sense of disconnection uh, when the main way that we're connected and plugged in is through our devices, which, you know, I I don't want to... I don't want to live in a, a glass house and uh, and throw a stone because I'm connected to my device and connected to the internet, and it's kind of sometimes humbling to see how how uh, how much power it has. That's often how I feel connected to the news. I don't get the newspaper anymore. I used to get the newspaper. I don't get the newspaper, which has its pluses. Thinking of all the trees that that are not cut down now that we get our news that way. Uh, But it's that much more isolating when we don't have as much human contact as uh, we've had in former times. And I just first want to invite you to reflect in your life, where do you have a sense of community? Um... Maybe coming here on a Thursday night uh, gives you somewhat of a sense, uh, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe you know you've come and you sit, and maybe during the break you uh, have some moments of connection. And uh, but sometimes people feel uh, more relieved in the silence than in the connection. I'd love to, by the way, see about creating more of a sense of connection and community in here. It's one of the things that I uh, would ideally love to come out of uh, this this conversation. Um, but I wanted to first explore together a little bit about the power of of community of Sangha as, and then we can look at it in our own lives. Mm, as... You probably know when we do those chants at the at the very end, Budang Sarananga Chami, Damang Sarananga Chami, Sangang Sarananga Chami. Uh, if you don't know, those are chanting the three refuges that the Buddha talked about in his teachings. These are places of comfort and support and um, protection. Refuge in the Buddha whether it's the historical figure or the Buddha right inside of us. This is what I feel that he was pointing to. Buddha means one who is awake, and it's the capacity to awaken right inside of us. And so when we take refuge in the Buddha, we're taking refuge in the Buddha right inside, not any different than the kingdom of heaven is within you. And when we take refuge in the Dharma, we're taking refuge in um, in the the teachings, the body of teachings, but uh, more fundamentally in life. We're taking refuge 
um, in the natural unfolding of life, that life is giving us what we need in every moment to wake up if we can see it that way and taking refuge in um, the, the laws that govern reality that when we are tuned to can uh, lead to true awakening. And then taking refuge in the Sangha, Sangang Sarananga Chami, taking refuge in the community of like-minded friends. How important that is, as the famous exchange with the, the Buddha and his attendant Ananda uh, goes, Ananda says to the Buddha, it seems that having good friends is half of the holy life. And the Buddha said, not so, not so, Ananda. Having good friends is the whole of the holy life. The seven factors of awakening, of enlightenment, uh, wonderful qualities that lead to awakening um, there's, in that list, there's one common denominator for all the different factors, the, the factors being mindfulness, investigation, energy, um, joy, calm, concentration, and equanimity. And the Buddha said, if you want to cultivate those factors, there's certain things for each of them that support it, but there's one common denominator that helps you cultivate every one of them. And that is being in the company of people who value that quality. If you want to cultivate calm, be around calm people or people who value calm. It's not that you can find so many calm people. You know, are you, are you calm? Let's see, are you calm enough? Okay. But people who just even value calm as well as experience calm. If you want to cultivate joy, it really helps to be around people who value joy and with all the others. So he said, seek the company of the wise as best you can, avoid the company of the foolish or people who don't value those things uh, because we affect each other. In these teachings, there's the, the phrase kalyanamita or spiritual friend. And kalyanamita is finding spiritual friends who can remind us when we forget of what's important. They bring out the best in us and we can be, we can do that for others as well. And as I said last week, they help us hold our pain and particularly we see it when there's disasters, how important it is. You know, remember the, the fires, the wildfires last year uh, or almost two years ago now, um, in Sonoma, how how awful that was. And yet, the most inspiring thing was that people got together and helped each other. 
And it, there's something about disasters, about shared pain that can bring out the best in, in people. The 9-11, the first responders and all the people that helped down in New York City or the floods in in Houston or or Puerto Rico or wherever, it it, it demands that people stick together. And that's the, the little silver lining through all that pain and grief. And here as we're as you know, uh, if you've been coming, um, I have climate often on my mind. We're all going to be facing um, pr- probably unprecedented suffering. And the way, if, you, if you've done any kind of reading about how we can best get through whatever suffering comes ahead, it's going to be about community. Everyone says the same thing. It's going to be about knowing who your neighbors are, um, sticking together, helping each other. So this is more than just a nice thing to do, being neighborly. This is about getting through the really hard times as well as celebrating the good times and going to repair cafe, uh, things like that. And I, I want to say a little bit about my own experience with community. I really believe in community. And a little bit of a, my own personal story. Um, I, um, I was never in community uh, until I was... Uh, what was it, 1980, uh, when I was, how old is that? Uh, 30, 33. Um, I lived on my own. I had a roommate at one time. But uh, when, I, uh, when I finished a, a retreat, a three-month retreat in 1979, and in 1980, I, I got a call from a friend saying, hey, I'm part of this uh, this community uh, in uh, in the Rockridge area, uh, and it's really neat. Would you want to join? And I I wasn't quite ready to join, but then uh, but I said, well, I'll come over and 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 uh, say hi to you and and check it out. And uh, one of the people living there was my wife, Jane. So uh, that got me into community. Um, I didn't know her at the time, but. Um, uh, and about s- seven months or so later, um, I found myself living in community, thinking, whoa, this is going to be different. Um, I wonder how it's going to work out. But they seemed to have a really good time together. And it was a big house. You probably have seen Coldwell Banker. You know the real estate agents, Coldwell Banker. They have this huge franchise everywhere. This was Mr. Banker's house from like the 1920s. And it had um, eight bedrooms, five bathrooms, um, a hot tub, and it a very good communal spot. 
Uh, and uh, there were lots of folks who lived there. And when I moved in, um, I, uh, that was where I, uh, when I moved to the East Bay, I uh, had a meditation um, group at the, in the, the ground level, the basement, Thursday nights. That's, that's what, th- this has become out of that, that house. Thursday nights, we'd have people uh, sit together. Uh, had an office there, uh, down as well. And it, but it was this amazing house. I'll just share with you the possibilities of community. It was called Harwood House. It was on Harwood Avenue, right by College in Claremont, one block away is, is Harwood Avenue. Um, it was also, by the way, uh, the place where Spirit Rock really was born. We'd had all, we had all of our meetings at Harwood House and, uh, and Vision Spirit Rock. And so there's a very special place in, in my heart for it. Jane and I and Wes Nisker live there and a, uh, a few other people. But the, the amazing thing about this house um, was that it had incredible structures to create community. And as I said, I'd never lived communally before. And, um, and with this, you, you had to really move up to that level of of being together. You didn't leave dishes in the drainer, let alone the sink. You know, it was like on that level, like, oh, I better shape up here. Uh, and we had, uh, we ate dinner uh, four times a week, a Monday through Thursday. And there was um, a cook, you were the cook once every two weeks, and you were the cook's helper once every two weeks. And you had the shopping list, and when it was your turn to shop, you saw all the essentials, and people put on other, other stuff besides the essentials, and you knew it was your turn to shop, and you had your chores that were, you checked them off when they were done. It was really like a whole other level of efficiency and, uh, and community. But one, one, one thing I'll share before I go on to, uh, to other stuff, is our house meetings. Now you'd think a house meeting wouldn't be all that much fun. Oh, we've got to go to a house meeting. But our house meetings were extraordinary. And this is, we had a, um, uh, we had a, a, a sequence that brought out the best in everyone. This is what we did. Okay. We started off with a check-in. Everybody checking in cons- concisely about what was going on in their life so we feel connected. Then we had what was called um, appreciations where anything that you really noticed about somebody else that week, you know, hey, um, and I really like the way you, uh, you, your meal was just so great. Or um, uh, Jonathan, the way you, um, you cleaned up, I, I noticed that afterwards. And you'd be on the lookout for appreciations, right? So then 
Not that you had to come up with everything for everyone, but if it was genuine, you noticed it and you said it. Then you had self-appreciations. So if you did something and nobody noticed it, but it was really good, a good contribution, uh, I just want to mention that um, I brought this extra stuff for, for the house. It just felt like it, you know. So people could acknowledge and say, oh, that's really cool. Right. Then we had clearings, starting with self-clearings. If you blew it and you didn't do your chores or in some way you, you didn't clean up or you did something that was not so great, you said, I want to have a self-clearing here. I blew it on this. And then we had clearings where if somebody didn't say they're self-clearing, that was a chance for you to remind them. Right. Uh, you know, um, Tim, I noticed that you didn't, etc., etc. Right. Then we had uh, consciousness raising, where we, uh, where we were just uh, seeing things that had to be uh, done around the house. And then we had an agenda. And then at the end of going through all the agenda items, we had time for processing at the end, where we talked about the meeting, just a few moments, and said, uh, mostly we said, wow, that was a really great meeting. But sometimes we'd say, um, you know, when this came up, the way, the way so-and-so said something to me, it felt a little bit sharp. And I just wanted to name it. Or we kind of got off track over here. So that when the meeting was over, instead of keeping it to yourself and feeling disconnected, you got to name it. It was like an exercise in wise speech and saying what's truthful and what's useful and in a way uh, that was kind. And um, so you didn't feel disconnected. You felt more connected because when you named it, then you felt connected and everyone had the benefit of really hearing each other. And that actually was... um, uh, a bit of a model for the first board meetings at Spirit Rock as well. Mm. So I believed in community and then I um, uh, got involved with the Community Dharma Leaders Program because I thought it would be a good thing to support community uh, leaders from around the country. And the thing about it, which we've done at Spirit Rock since, and we've had a number of Community Dharma Leaders programs and a number of other multi-year programs is besides training people to go out to their communities uh, or be leaders in their community, to give people an experience of feeling connected with each other and creating a sense of community with the people who went through the two and a half year it was then, now it's two-year program, to get a sense of, oh, we're all in this together and we have community here and to give people an experience of how good community could be so that then they could go out and um, spread the good news in, in the same way. And the, 
the programs at Spirit Rock, whether it's the dedicated practitioners program or the uh, the advanced practitioners program or the multi-year yoga program or whatever, those programs, one of the benefits of them is there's this sense of connection and community uh, that is uh, even even uh, more profound than the content of what people go through. So uh, I, n- I know for myself that when a field is created, there's a field created of goodwill and common mm, intention and vision that extraordinary things can happen. And I've been somewhat of a a student of this idea of the power of collective consciousness, how when people are aligned, there's the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Have you, I'm sure you have, been in a, in a setting where everybody just is on the same wavelength and you're mm, having fun together. That's what parties are about. Right? But when you're having a common vision like that repair cafe, you know, just having a common uh, purpose and enjoying a spirit of goodwill or you're having a common brainstorm when everyone is aligned, it's like life is kind of using the field of energy to bring about a collective wisdom that's even greater than what each person contributes. How many people have had that experience where you feel that connection and there's something magical that happens when you're together? There's nothing quite like it, is there? I mean, in some ways, that's what happens with sports teams, with championship teams, usually. Not always. Sometimes there's fighting within, the, within a championship team. But, but most of the time, the team, the difference between the top teams and the, uh, the more mediocre teams is often not just talent. There's a sense of catching fire and we, we're all in this together and can bring out the best in each other. It's the thing that I love most about sports. You know, I'm a, an old sports fanatic. And it's the thing that I love most about it when there's that cohesion that says we're all in this together, then it, it up-levels everybody's game literally. And that is what I think we all yearn for and we all uh, hopefully will find in these times of, um, of need. And uh, I mentioned it a, a few weeks ago when there was that climate strike and four million people around the world getting out into the streets saying, we all care. 
or these the young people, these fr- uh, Fridays for our future, uh, all getting together. There's like an excitement that comes from it, and it turns the the despair into something energizing. It's what happened mentioned a few weeks ago when we did that uh, that climate day at Spirit Rock where people coming in with anxiety and leaving after going through the whole day. Just a feeling of uplift. Oh, we're all in this together. Because belonging is so, um, so deep in the human experience, in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs right after survival and uh, and taking care of your personal needs comes belonging we all need to belong to something and when we don't there's a kind of um, uh, pain in our hearts in our soul so I enough of that of of my words I just want to ask you to uh, reflect Go inside for a few moments and um, think of a community that you're either part of now or you've been part of. And if that's not so for you, uh, perhaps maybe somewhere in your life uh, in the earlier days, You've been part of, even if it's family, good family. But if you've been part of a community or are part of a community, um, what has worked in it? What have been the qualities that helped bring out the best in you and in each other. And what would you say, if you can get in touch with that, or if not, what what qualities do you think are the real ingredients of community? of that feeling of collective consciousness where you're just not in a room with other people but really feeling some connection. And then one more aspect that I invite you to reflect What would help you feel more connected in this community? What would, if you are wanting more of that, what would be the, the ingredients or the qualities that you think would support you feeling more connected or help us all to feel more connected.
Okay, so now what I'd like you to do, if you're willing to, is to um, meet with each other in small groups. And we can come back in a, f- in, in a little while. And if you don't have anything to say, that's fine. You can just listen. If you don't want to participate, don't feel you have to. But here's a chance to have a connection with others in a small group community. And I invite you to get in groups of four or so. It could be three, it could be five, but I would recommend four. And talk about when, when you have really experienced that, what are the ingredients, and, and if, uh, if things come up about what would help you feel more connected in uh, this community, how we could create community together. Um, uh, I'd love for you to share ideas and then we can, uh, we can hear from everyone as uh, we harvest what came up. So please, if you'd be open to it, turn to three people around you and uh, you can join a group uh, turn around if you'd like. It can be a group of three. It could be a group of five, uh, of four. Be a group of. Here's here's two. Here's uh, here's eight. Why don't you have two groups of four here, right here? So, uh, yeah. Watch it. Okay. Make sure everyone has a chance to talk. Another few minutes. Okay. Start finishing up. Okay, um, just uh, before you come back for uh, finishing up what you're saying, and just feel, before you come back and and leave your group, how it uh, felt to connect with the other people there. There's a really good energy that uh, was feeling on this end. Just what does it feel like right now? You just hung out with some people. Okay, so you can, if you'd like, you can thank your partners and let's come back together for a moment. Oh yeah, great, thanks. Okay, so um, I'm curious, what what came up from that? What was that like? And uh, any insights as to uh, either what makes for a rich community or things that you could suggest for us here together? Don't be shy. You had a lot to say a moment ago. I mean, I, it, it contrasted with what had happened before which was no talking mm-hmm. <laughs> and one person talking. Uh-huh. And it was very visceral. Eyes, ears. I mean, I could see the eyes. You could see the smiles. You could feel the, the joy. And uh, it was alive. And the, the other activities that we've done today were not, not alive, but it was distant. It was mm-hmm. remote. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And it reminded me of, of, what I, of a particular group that I've been part of that, uh, that had those characteristics. Mm-hmm. So alive when you start seeing eyes and feeling connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Other comments? Uh, Jim. Mm, so I was reflecting to my group how... A little closer. Yeah. Um, 15 years ago, I was looking around for a, a place to meditate with other people instead of just meditating on my own, and I visited a bunch of places, including here, and never learned anybody's first name. Never met anybody, because everybody during break would sort of walk around silently and, and stay meditative. And I think my second or maybe third night here was when Deborah and Corin, Deborah who's at the greeter's table, maybe still, I think, mm-hmm. um, got up front and said, we've been talking to James and we want to start some community activities here at the group. And I said, bingo, that's what I'm looking for. And we, well, we had three dozen people that showed up in the back room a couple of weeks later uh, and ended up having you know, a greeter's table and a, creating the greeter's table and uh, movie nights and bird watching and you know, uh, lots of activities, hiking, right. lots of activities. And it sort of dwindled a little bit and I got involved with MBSR and stopped putting in so much energy here and uh, you know for whatever reasons it's sort of you know it sort of seems like it's a cycle maybe a time to get back yeah that's uh he's reminding me yeah we used to have movie nights people would have movies over at their house and people would get together bird watching Jeffrey used to take people on bird watching and and hikes and and, all. and the the birds are all back for the winter, so it's almost time for Jeffrey What's to that? do The birds are almost back for winter, or actually yeah. returning for the winter, so it's time yeah. for Jeffrey to take us out again. He doesn't That's good. He refuses yeah. to go out in the, the summertime f- around here, but the few that are that are left. But um, so yeah, so that's that's something to consider about activities um, to do together. That, having fun is probably one of the best ways to create community. Uh, and any other suggestions, um, particularly, that we can keep in mind? I'd love to just have a sense of more connection between you, n- not just with me, but between you. Um, so I just have this, I mean, I just don't know the people. I I don't know what the people what their their names and uh, what they do uh, if they have problems or uh, there is something which make them happy like singularly I mean I think it would be nice if at some point I would know the name of each person if I would know hearing people's names yeah like I see a lot of people but I don't know mm-hmm. the names I don't know what they do uh what they like mm, mm-hmm. uh, to maybe spend a, an evening and going around and meeting who people are. Yeah, but to create a community, I think I need at least a first layer of knowledge of the person mm-hmm. that I can build on. And uh, meditation, I mean, doesn't go in this direction necessarily. So this would be something to to do, in my opinion. And then on this first layer, one could build, and the community would would get created uh, by itself according to affinities and uh, uh, sharing mm-hmm. things, as you said, having fun together, but also sharing uh, 
each of us has a problem knowing, for example, what is uh, uh, making you sad, what is your problem, one of your problems, uh, this, I think, would kind of mm-hmm. create connections. Okay, so that's an idea, to, to hear a bit about each person, we can feel a bo- bit more connected. Thank you. And we just have time for a couple of, uh, one or two more comments, and then we should go. It's, oh, it's just about time. Oh, and what is your name? Luca. Thank you. Yes. My name's Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi. And uh, I just have found that it's been really useful in my life for uh, to be with a group that does a project together. Mm-hmm. So if people are working together, uh, they lose their self-consciousness, they put their effort in the same direction, they feel the same satisfaction appreciate each other for the work they're doing. All these things are built in. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, that's a, a, a great idea. That's uh, Sarvodia in Sri Lanka, or, um, um, the, the founder, Ari Ratna, he said the way to, to create real community is to, uh, to have a community project, something that people do together, and that will bring them together and all working for a common goal. So maybe there are some projects we can we can consider okay well to be continued uh it's it's time to go and we'll i i just want to share with you uh in closing one a poem called sangha by dana falls sangha teach me what i cannot learn alone let us share what we know and what we cannot fathom Speak to me of mysteries and let us never lie to one another. May our fierce and tender longing fuel the fire in our souls. When we stand side by side, let us dare to focus our desire on the truth. May we be reminders, each for the other, that the path of transformation passes through the flames. To take one step is courageous, but to stay on the path day after day Choosing the unknown and facing yet another fear together, that is nothing short of grace. Sangha. So as we close, um, calling in mind uh, Thomas struggling with addiction for my, and for my brother-in-law who will be going through stem cell therapy to save his life. And just uh, keeping in mind all, all the people who you care about who could use your kind thoughts. And then sharing what we create here together tonight. May all good that comes from our being together be shared with all beings in all directions for the benefit of all and the planet. May all know the highest happiness and peace. Okay, thank you very much. It was fun seeing you connect for a few minutes. May it may there be more.
Okay. 